awesome. Fantastic. Well, you know, Charles has thanked everybody. I think we need to thank Charles. I think he's done an amazing job. And we just uh, really thank you, Charles, for your faith. And uh, some of you might not know what Hope Tour is about, but uh, Hope Tour uh, was birthed in Charles's heart when he was in New Zealand a couple of years ago when he went on the Revolution Tour, which is a tour that goes throughout schools and totally impacts schools right around New Zealand. Charles was on that tour. He's actually uh, Reggie Dabbs, uh, you were holding his, his, what was it, his saxophone. That's all you had to do, I believe. But something happened in his heart and he came back just full of God and full of God's dream for uh, our church and for not just our church but for the community. And uh, two years ago we birthed Hope Tour and this year it went into 22 schools. Isn't that amazing? Just amazing doors that have opened and seeds that have been sown, uh, five different um, regions involved and so we just thank God for his goodness and his grace on everything that happened. So Charles, well done and uh, may God bless you. Well, this morning I, um, I want to talk about God's unfolding purpose and if you are visiting here this morning, thank you for coming. We, we pray that God speaks to you. Um, we do have Colin and Lynn who uh, Charles stood up before are our coordinating pastors, our care pastors, and they will meet you at the information desk if you have any uh, anything that you want to know about the church or if you want to connect with the church, maybe want to fill in one of those forms, that will be absolutely fantastic. So this morning I want to talk about God's unfolding purpose, his unfolding will, and then uh, in the last 10 minutes of this service, I want to talk about some new developments that are actually happening in this church. It's, uh, so I, I just want to keep you in touch with what's happening here. How many of you know God is great, uh, God is good, and he has a plan, and he has a purpose? Meredith and I, um, we most probably uh, live by three significant principles that we are totally convicted about. I've been a pastor now for over 35 years and uh, I was saved when I was 11 years old, baptised in the Holy Spirit at the age of 11 and Meredith I think was about 8 when that happened to her. And so we had great foundations put in our life and um, then, you know, we, we met, it was Meredith's happiest moment in her life when she met me and this is dangerous this morning having her here. Usually she's in children's church, so I've got to watch what I say today. Greg understands that. The same thing happened when Sue met Greg. Um, I'm preaching it, brother. Don't worry. <clears throat> There's a few other things happening in this congregation I'm aware of. A few other couples walking down certain paths at the moment. I've got to behave today because there's a few people who've got friends here today. Should we, we'll just call them friends. I can prophesy over them and we can get the ball moving, but I will contain myself this morning. I think if you, if you asked me and asked Meredith, what, what are three fundamental truths or principles that we live by? Um, I just want to share them with you very quickly because the announcement that I'm going to make today really pertains to the these three elements and the first one that we're totally convicted by and I think drew you know uh, each other to our, to to each other is number one we we believe in being totally surrendered to God at a very very early age actually I was 19 years old when I realized that 
Jesus didn't want to just be my saviour, he wanted to be my Lord. And there's a big difference because we like the benefits of salvation, but it's actually God wants us to surrender to his will and his lordship. And, and we live by that conviction. We believe that our whole life is to be surrendered to Christ. The second thing is that we have a conviction to respond to the call of God. How many of you know God calls you? And we have a very, very strong conviction and always have had a very, very strong conviction to respond to his call. The third thing that we live by, we try to live by, is that we're committed to personal growth. We don't want to be, um, we, we don't want to be, you know, bottleneck the generations that are following us. But our personal growth will actually determine the growth of other people. The moment we stop growing, we can bottleneck what God wants to do. And so this morning, what I want to talk about specifically is about God's call. And uh, if you've got your Bible, if you could just turn to Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. So those three principles are principles that we live by still to this day, to be surrendered to the Lordship of Christ, to respond to his call, and for personal growth, to continually grow so that we don't uh, bottleneck the generations that are following us. But I want to, this morning, just hone in on God's unfolding purpose and God's call. When I was a young man, I think I was about 19 or 20, I remember a pastor preaching on this particular scripture. How many of you... Any of you been in services where, uh, you know, maybe it hasn't been the total message that has impacted you, but something that a pastor has said that has just revolutionized your life? Has that ever happened to you? Um, and if that has, you'll understand, you know, the impact that it had on my life. And this particular pastor, I think he was talking about missions, and he, he used this scripture in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. And uh, when he spoke about this scripture, my heart was so captured uh, with the, the, the very thought that if God called me, would I respond or what would my response be? And this is the scripture he spoke about. It says, says this, um, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And he said, This is Isaiah, Here I am, send me. You know, God calls us to his purpose. And one of the things that we've been committed to as a couple is that whenever God has called us, this has been our prayer, God, here we are, send us. Now, you know, sometimes when the call comes out from God, it can be exciting. Um, you know, for me, there's been certain times that God has called me to particular situations and different things that he's wanted me to do. And um, there's been an excitement, but how many of you know there's a cost involved? Uh, many of the calls that God has put on our life have taken us to different cities and to different regions, and um, one of them even took us to live in the UK. It's not easy, and you know, uh, Meredith is, is a real homebody. Uh, she comes from a place called Melrose. You've heard this story many, many times, those of you that attend here. She's a, a country girl. Uh, Melrose 
is a, a little township, uh, three and a half hours out of Adelaide. It's her favourite place in the world. Uh, there's more sheep than people there. Uh, but that's home to her. She loves it. You know, we've been able to travel and I've taken her to different places in the world. But if I ask her, should we go for a holiday, guess where she wants to go? Melrose. And she wants me to take her camping at Melrose, which I don't love. So she is a, she is a homebody. And, um, you know, I don't talk too much about, well, I do actually talk quite a bit about her, get myself in a bit of trouble. But you know, I, I am so thankful for my wife's heart because wherever God has called us, even though sometimes it's been a difficult situation, sometimes there's been a cost, she's always responded, here I am, Lord, send, send me. And I want to commend you for that. I, I'd like you to give her a big hand. Is that all right? Just to thank her. You know, she, she loves Adelaide. She loves Melrose. And coming to Melbourne... Uh, was not the pick of the pops for her, you know. It was a bit of a challenge, but she responded with, God, here I am, send me, I'll go. And, you know, God's call is not a career move. We didn't come here because it was a career move. Uh, Actually, when we first came here, most of you know the story that the church was not in the place that it is today. It was not the sort of place that a pastor looks at and thinks, wow, this is a great career move. Do you know, we had to knock down a building that was quite old. We had to sell land. We, we had about 20 to 30 people. It was quite a challenge. And to be here today in this building and realize the incredible purpose of God, that God is faithful. And, uh, you know, Thursday night for Charles and myself was a little bit of a dreams become a reality as we, we lectured for the first time in our lecture rooms upstairs. And I had the privilege to, to speak to about 30 young leaders. And I thought to myself, we're actually living in a promise that God has given us and that, you know, to, to, to be able to do that was like, you know, the reality of a dream. So when we came here, it wasn't easy. It wasn't a career move. It wasn't a job. It wasn't a position about climbing the ladder. You know, God's call is much more than that. It's about fulfilling his purpose and his will. And, you know, uh, it's the, the, the reality is, is that God's will doesn't equate to just becoming a pastor or being a pastor or being someone on a church staff. God's will for many of you is being a teacher. Some of you, God's called you to be teachers. Others of you, God has called you to be community leaders. Some of you, God's called you to be business people. Some of you, God's called you to be a nurse. Thank God for nurses. We've got a few, yeah, Charles says amen, he is a nurse. We've got a few injuries in the church. I don't know why, but lately people seem to be breaking legs, ankles, and Angie Wiggs has just had an operation. Thank God for doctors. And uh, don't think that you, if you're in the workplace or if you're in the community that you can't fulfill God's will. That's most probably exactly where God wants you. And um, it's so important to do that. It could be that God's will for you is to be a politician. It's a hard thing to do. Can I please say this? We need Christian politicians. You know, sometimes we think God's call is just wrapped up in, you know, being a pastor. And that's a fantastic call to respond to. But let's not limit that, you know, God wants to build his kingdom. This is his kingdom. You know, thank God for electricians. Do you know? Um, You know, we... we, uh, 
I nearly electrocuted myself one day because I just didn't know what I was doing. Thank God for electricians. Thank God for, for people that are practical in their approach to life. You know, some people think, you know, I've heard so many people say to me, well, you know, I'm not really spiritual. I just use my hands. God uses me with my hands. But that's most probably God's will for your life. Thank God for people that can build buildings. We wouldn't be in this building if we didn't have builders. And so God's calling doesn't equate just to platform ministry or people uh, being pastors, but it equates to fulfilling the purpose of God for your life. God's call calls us to fulfill a specific task for his purpose, and he gives us grace in his anointing to fulfill that task so that we don't boast or become arrogant and know that it's him that calls us. This is what I've noticed about God's call, is that when God calls you, there is great favour that comes with the call. God gives you favour. You, you feel that you're in a place of favour. Do you know, I um, have never struggled with the call of God. The call of God has challenges. The call of God, there's a cost. But if you're in God's will and in, your, in the call of God, you sense the favour of God. Eric Little, who was one of the great Olympic runners of his time, uh, you know, he quoted that when he ran, he, he, he could feel the, pressure, the, the pleasure and the favour of God. When you're in God's call, you sense his favour. The second thing that I've learned about God's call is that when there's God's call, there's natural fruit. Uh, your life, when you're in the middle of the call of God, God makes you fruitful. You don't have to struggle to be fruitful. But if you're in the place, in the middle of the call of God, let me tell you, fruit should happen naturally. The, the reason I know, the fact I know that, um, you know, Hope Tour is of God, is birthed of God, is because we've seen fruit. When you're in the middle of God's call, what happens? You'll find favour and you'll find fruit. The third thing I've learned about the call of God, that if you're in the middle of God's call, there's a flow. There, there's no sort of stress or there's not this, this, this hard work, but rather there's a flow of the Spirit of God out working in your life to fulfil the purpose of God. The fourth thing is that God calls comes with faith. And so, you know, even though... There is busyness and sometimes there are times and periods of great challenges. God's call is one of great favour, fruit, flow and faith. This is another thing I've learned about God's call is God comes looking for you. God's call comes looking for you. There's never ever been a time in my life that I've actually tried to open a door or be in a place that God hasn't got for me. Actually, I find that God opens doors and he shuts doors. How many of you know that? And if we respond to the call of God, then what happens is God opens doors so that we can flow into them so we find his favour and the fruit and faith that accompanies the call of God. I've never had to try and work out the next step for my life. I've never had to try and force things open because God comes looking for you. All he wants us to do is to respond to that call. I haven't you know, uh, try to work out what's the next step. But I've just wanted to be obedient and I wanted to be available. 
And when that happens, all the frustration and everything like that is taken out of the purpose that God has for you. Do you know that God has perfect timing for his purpose? Do you know that? The Bible says in Psalm 31.15, it says this, that our times are in his hands. Don't be frustrated with God's plan for your life. He has a perfect plan. He even knows the appointed times for your life. And many of us get frustrated and we can get confused and we can come in doubt. But my experience of God is, as long as I trust him, as long as I surrender to him, as long as I respond to his call. He will open the doors. He's the one that makes things come together. He's the one that brings fruit and the flow of life just seems to happen very, very naturally. I don't stand up here today stressed about what I'm called to do. I actually feel very comfortable um, in the call of God. I feel very comfortable in leadership. I feel very comfortable in the things that God has called me to do. Why? Because when God calls you, he gives you grace and he gives you the anointing of God so you can do the task. Sometimes we think it's because we're brilliant. No, doesn't mean that we don't study. It doesn't mean that we don't apply ourselves, but the call of God unfolds. Here's another thing, God's call for your life will unfold. Do you know, there was a period of time, you know, when when, um, I was actually looking for a wife. There are some gentlemen here today that are looking for wives. There are some wives that are looking for husbands. And I remember at the age of 19, I was so stressed out because I was brought up in the age when, you know, in the time when Skyhooks wrote that song, All My Friends Are Getting Married. And let me tell you what happened. All my friends were getting married. And uh, it was amazing because um, literally I was, I was the best man to about 15 of my mates' weddings. And it was like they were all just, you know, getting married. And I was feeling like I was going to get left on the shelf at the age of 19. <laughs> These days, people don't seem to get married till they're in their 30s. And, you know, all the parents are trying to, you know, get them married. Get married, get married, move out of the house. Then they get married and they come back. It's amazing. (laughs) But here's what happened. And there was this sort of stress thing. And then all of a sudden, it was an area that I hadn't surrendered to God. And I did surrender to God. And, um, you know, it's, it's like all the stress came out. And it's like, you know, God says, why don't you just trust me with every area of your life? I've got it all planned. I've got it sorted out. Isn't it funny how we strive over so much when God, if we just trust him with who he's got for us, with what he's got for us, with what he wants us to do. Let me tell you, those things will come to their own reality if we just trust him. And I'll never forget, for me, it was like when I, when I actually surrendered that part of my life to God. You know, God just said to me, just stay on the railway track. I don't know why I'm saying this today. I think maybe some people need to hear it. You know, just stay on your track. Just stay on your track. You've bought the ticket. I'm going to take you to all the destinations that you need to go to. Just stay on your track. Don't go looking elsewhere. Don't go looking and seeing that the grass is greener because you'll derail off the track. And if you derail off the track, have you ever seen a train derail off a track? Because what happens, there's a lot of damage. And so what happened here was I just stayed on my track and it was like the Holy Spirit said, just trust me because when it's the right time for you to get married, I'm going to bring the right person and her track will cross your track and you'll become one caboose, one train. (laughs) So we've got a caboose happening here. 
and it took all the stress out. And do you know what? That is true about your life. Just stay on the track that God has for you and he will bring everything that he has for you to fruition. Whether it's got to do with ministry, whether it's got to do with relationships, whether it's got to do with it, just respond to his call and say, God, here I am. I want to be obedient. I want to live uh, according to your plan for my life. Stop trying to work it out. And God will make things happen according to his purpose. Like I said, I've always experienced that God's will for my life is one that unfolds. And as I trust him, he brings me to the places that he has for my life. In February this year, 2016, I had a conversation with a senior pastor of our Victory Church in Bendigo. And um, it, was a, it was one of those uh, meetings that hadn't been planned. He asked me to go and have breakfast with him. He rang me in about 9 o'clock and says, look, can we, can we just catch up? Can we just go and have breakfast? And I went and had breakfast with him. And he was not in a good place. Uh, we, we have uh, the church in, in Bendigo is a strategic church in our movement. It has a school of 400 students. It uh, now has, uh, I think, 14 acres of land, has got a great building, is, is a great church. And he had breakfast with me and um, he, he actually was a young man that was one of my youth pastors in youth ministry when, I, when we lived in Geelong. And um, as he sat there, I all of a sudden realized he was getting very, very emotional. And he said, look, I feel that my season in this church in Bendigo is coming to an end. And uh, there's been some emotional stress and I, and I really feel that I need to transition this church. And then he dropped the bombshell and he said to me, I think you should pastor this church. And I just laughed and said, that's not going to happen because... Uh, um, you know, I'm, I've just got our church in a new building and it's not going to happen. And I said, look, it sounds to me like you need to have a rest you before you make a major decision. He's a great leader. And I said, you need to uh, have a rest and have a, a break before you make this decision. And so we had a talk to the national leadership team. He took six weeks off and uh, he was able to have a rest and he came back with the same conclusion that... Um, the, his time in the Victory Church in Bendigo had come to an end. So we began to talk about, the national team began to talk about, and this is Pastor Wayne Swift, most of you know Pastor Wayne, um, began to talk about the transition of this church that it could possibly happen in the month of September of, and October of this year. Things, how many of you know sometimes things accelerate? Well, by June, the pastor had... Um, had quite a bit of an emotional turmoil in his life and at the end of May he uh, made a decision that his time had really come to an end and he uh, resigned the church which was quite difficult because it is quite a large church and a very very significant church um, and then the national leadership team and so I want you to hear the whole story of where I'm going because some of you are already jumping to conclusions and thinking what is this about but just hear me out because how many of you know God's will unfolds? 
So I'm just giving you jigsaw puzzle pieces. They'll all come together. Just trust me and hear me out. So at the end of May, um, Pastor Wayne contacted me and said, Nick, look, we, we've discussed because of the nature of uh, this church and because of the, uh, the incredible uh, potential and purpose on this church, uh, we'd like you to consider the possibility of pastoring both churches, Unihill and Victory Church in Bendigo. Now, how many of you know that that is not a great thought that would come across your table when you think to yourself, now, hang on a minute, Bendigo's two hours away. How is that going to happen? And so I said, look, let, give me some time to pray about it and I'd like to, you know, it's, it's a huge decision and I'd like to think about it and pray about it. And here's some things that's really funny because how many of you know God prepares you? He begins to drop thoughts into your heart about your future. Sometimes you don't know when they're going to happen. But Pastor Nicholas Tasakis, who is connected to our church, um, he had, beginning of this year, he began to say some things to me which were kind of coming out of the blue. He goes, look, get ready for enlargement. And uh, in that enlargement, some things are going to happen faster than you think. So I just put it on the shelf. I didn't really worry about it. Um, and when Pastor Wayne talked to me about the possibility about me pastoring both congregations, um, and one of the reasons they asked me that was because of my expertise and, and uh, my ability to bring apostolic leadership. You know, the first person I talk to apart from God and the Holy Spirit, I have two voices in my life constantly. One is the Holy Spirit, the other one is Meredith's voice. Uh, how many of you husbands know what I'm talking about here? Only three are honest. And uh, so, so here I was. I, I went straight to Meredith and said, Meredith, you know, what do you think? Now, now, Meredith, God has used Meredith amazingly over the years. Uh, God has used it to put the brakes on. God has used it to, to work out timing. God has used it to say yes or no. It's quite amazing because we are one in spirit. How many of you know that? We've got a covenant relationship. If she uh, is not happy or settled and doesn't feel it's God, then we just wait or sometimes the answer is no. I was quite surprised at her quick response to, well, this is part of the journey of what I believe God has called us to do. Um, the NLT... Uh, were very much uh, encouraging me to look at the situation and to, uh, you know, to really uh, help me to make the decision that, I'm, that I've made. Uh, and then, of course, we have an eldership in our church and our eldership uh, are godly people. And, um, you know, I, I ran it by our eldership. Uh, there was no reaction, if anything. They also felt that it's part of the journey of our church and myself particular with Meredith. And then obviously you speak to your leaders and cut a long, long story short because this has been a process of uh, a, a good solid month but even before that there was a process in place for it. Um, there, was, there hasn't been any negatives uh, about this decision. And so today I, I want to announce to you that as of... Um, this week, um, I am taking the uh, senior role over this church and also over the Victory Church in Bendigo. So you don't have to clap, but if you feel that you want to clap, you can clap. It's always hard to make these sort of announcements, but, you know, there was a lot of things that we considered. And, you know, you might be asking, well, what is this going to look like? 
because in making this decision, you obviously um, want to make sure that the proper processes and the proper leadership and the structure of churches so it can continue to grow um, will continue to take place. Uh, let me make this very, very clear to you that my heart has not shifted from Uni Hill at all. Uh, we're not going to go and buy a house in Bendigo. Um, this is our base. This is our home. Uh, we love Uni Hill. Uh, it just means that we're going to spread and uh, God's enlarging us to fulfill a greater destiny and purpose for this church. The interesting thing about this relationship that we have is we're not going to brand the Victory Church, Uni Hill Church, or we're not going to rebrand this church to Victory Church. They'll have their own identities. Uh, We're not going to try and uh, everything that happens here is not going to happen over there. It is more of a country region. Um, uh, But there are some great things that we can do together. For instance, we already do Hope Tour together. And Mason, who is the youth pastor in Benninger, he's only 22 years old, uh, 23 years old, uh, he's Charles's assistant in Hope Tour. Um, you know, this was something that was already happening before these things, uh, you know, happened. History Makers Youth Conference is a conference that we are actually involved in, and obviously last week when James Ayton was here, how many of you loved James? He was absolutely fantastic. I spoke to James, and he's getting back to us to... Um, uh, speak at um, at History Makers. We also feel a connection with James. We feel that he could become part of the missions giving in our church, but we'll talk to you a little bit more about that. Um, we also have a connection through the youth. Charles knows many of the young people over there and mentors them over the phone. I found out this week uh, when we went to... Um, to the Victory Church, I got stuck in a lift, would you believe it? They were taking me for a tour around the the school and there was a lift and we got in the lift and we got stuck in this lift. There was four of us um, and one of the gentlemen, uh, actually the lift says there's four people, uh, maximum uh, kilos is 395. So there was four of us, so you work out, one of us broke the law. And it wasn't me. Uh, But while I was stuck in that lift and getting quite frustrated, uh, it took us quite a bit of time to get things working again. It was quite amazing because um, the the person, Bruce, you'll meet Bruce one day, but Bruce um, was telling us about this new centre that they've built. And it's actually called the David Ling Centre. And I found out that the pastor who was the past, one of the pastors of this church, 20 years ago, I don't know, I can't remember now, Dave. Uh, he has been uh, the chairperson or the, the person, not the chairperson, but the person involved in helping them uh, through different financial matters. You are well loved in that church. And the actual, this new building is called the David Ling Centre. I couldn't believe it. And I couldn't believe the, the link already in the church. These aren't things that have just been made up. This is God, I believe, just a signpost to encourage us in the journey. So David, you're so well loved there and it looks like we're going to be going to um, to uh, the, the um, board meetings for the school. So you drive and I'll sleep when we go up there if that's okay. Um, the church has got a very, very strong missional arm. Uh, there's 
five different nations that they are in. We've been praying as a church to see if we could expand uh, our missional arm. And, um, you know, there's... There's no reason for us to reinvent the wheel. We can get on board with some of the things that they are doing, which is fantastic. The other thing is that the church has got a, an op shop, a food bank, and has got a, um, a program, unemployment program, to get people engaged back into unemployment. We are seriously looking at it because we've got about 600 square metres of our warehouse, which is just over here for the community, to see if that's a possibility of us actually engaging the same project and instead of reinventing the will, wouldn't it be amazing if we were able to just transfer what they've done over here and see what God's going to do. So there's quite a few links in already what's happening. In the meantime, while the journey has been on, God doesn't just prepare you, but he brings people across your path that will help you in the unfolding of his purpose. Um, in the month of March, I got a phone call from a couple that I have been mentoring most probably over the last five or six years that um, have been pastoring a church in Melbourne. I can't tell you their names yet um, because it's still a bit of a journey for them. Um, but they rang me out of the blue and said, Pastor Nick, we feel that our season is up in our church and we feel that God is calling us to a regional city. They knew nothing about what was going on. Uh, and they said, and we also feel that if an opportunity comes to work with you, we would love that opportunity. Well, to cut a long, long story short, you might be asking, so Nick, how long, how are you going to do this? Uh, well, this week I interviewed them, took them down to the Victory Church in Bendigo, and they've accepted the position to become, become campus pastors over there. And how you know God is just, his will is just unfolded. They're an incredible couple. I will bring them here and introduce them to you um, as they uh, take on that role in October. I was just so thrilled because I, I just couldn't believe the unfolding of the purpose of God. So uh, what's going to happen is we're going to have campus pastors and even though, you know, we're not going to, they're not going to be identical, they'll have their own ent uh, entity and identity. Um, we're, I'm, I'm going to place campus pastors there. I trust this couple. They're an experienced couple. They're in their early 40s. They will love the church. They will nurture the church. I will give it apostolic leadership. I don't have to go there every week and we can manage my time through that leadership. But you know, it just creates other opportunities of growth, uh, even for our church. So for this church here, for, for Uni Hill Church, what does that mean? It means that we're going to assign a campus pastor here and um, most of you know who that's going to be because uh, this young man has been growing over the last three well both April and Charles have been growing incredibly over the last uh, three and a half years and so this morning I want to announce to you that uh, Charles and April will be taking the campus pastor role in Uni Hill Church isn't that fantastic so we're very, very excited about that and um, that means that the responsibility of the daily duties will, will come upon them and the responsibility. Now, I just want to say this. We're in transition. I'm in transition. This couple I'm putting in Bendigo in transition. Charles and April will be in transition. So we're not, gonna, we're not just going to go, right, here's the title, here's the job, go and do it. There's going to be a lot of support. Uh, and, you know, the transition will most probably take three to six months, which is fine. And uh, I, I think it's a great thing for the church. 
for us to keep growing into the future of God, what God wants to do. The other thing that I've been very, very conscious about in our church and in looking at our church and the development of our church, our church has got vision. Uh, we've got so much vision that, you know, I, I could live another, you know, 200 years and not see the vision fulfilled. Uh, we, we've got plenty of vision, believe me. Um, we, we thank God for the resources that we have, but vision always needs provision. And so we thank you for your giving. Um, the church constantly needs nurturing, needs pastoral care. And, um, you know, that's one of the areas that we're working on. I, I thank God for Colin and Lynn, and we're working on developing uh, a broader team to be able to pastor the church. I thank God for the, uh, for the young adults. I thank God for the youth. You know, everybody needs to take care of their own generation. But together, we are a generational church and we mustn't lose that. But one of the things that I've most probably right from the beginning of this church that I've wanted to do and that I've wanted to um, see happening is in our church is for the development of people, the development of ministries. And even though that's been a great passion of mine and we've had different courses here and there, I've realised that we need a systematic, strategic approach to actually developing people in our church, not just making disciples, but developing leaders. And because, you know, this building and because of all the different things we've had to do, we just have not been able to put the time into it. But God clearly spoke to me um, that we needed uh, a ministry that would be able to give themselves to totally to developing people and setting up courses. And uh, it's amazing how God sets things up because in the month of May when I was at the National Conference, and I'm just about to give away who that person's going to be, but in the month of May uh, at, at our National Conference, uh, Greg and Sue Murray were at the conference and we just had uh, coffee together one night and he just began to tell me some things. He said, you know, um, I've just been offered a church. And I was very excited for him. I thought, wow, you know, and I know the church. I thought, Greg, you would do a fantastic job. And he said to me, he goes, yeah, but I don't feel called to that. He said, that might be true, but I don't feel that God's called me to be a, a, a senior pastor. Isn't it great to be confident in your call, that you don't need titles or positions? Uh, and so I just really respect the, you know, your response to that. And um, you know, he said, look, I don't feel called to be a senior pastor. He said, I feel I could stay in Alpha for the rest of my life, but I feel that's coming to an end. Now, he didn't know what I know, and I'm sort of thinking, man, if I could just get a guy like Greg on my staff to help us, uh, that would be absolutely awesome. So he's, he's just sharing his heart, and he said, look, my heart is really in two areas. It's in teaching, in development, and in missions. And I'm thinking to myself, man, if you knew how big the missions department is in Victory Church and, you know, the things that we want to do in our church, and if you knew the area of development that we need, I thought to myself, you would be exactly the right fit. You and your wife, even though she's got a broken uh, ankle and that you have to take care of her and get her food and he was whinging to me this morning about it but anyway I thought to myself 
is God up to something? How many of you know God is always up to something? And uh, all of a sudden, I began to see the phone call that came from this couple uh, that, that we're putting a, a, as campus pastors. The, the, uh, the, the conversation that I had with Greg. So this morning, cut a long, long story short, uh, I, I want to also let you know uh, that... Um, Pastor Greg will be coming onto our staff full-time as of the end of August. How many of you think that's fantastic? So Greg, we uh, commend you for that. And Sue, it's been a journey, um, you know, for all of us. I think when Charles first came here and April first came here, I'll never forget, I took him out to Dagani's for tea and I said, Charles, April, this is going to be fantastic. In one year, we'll be in our brand new building. <laughs> took us three years, you know, setting up, pulling down. It was amazing. I remember sitting uh, with David Tryrold, with Ross Valentine and Greg, and right in the early days, and we just sat down and talked about the possibility of, you know, having a, a, a training centre. Can I say this, that my, my, my heart, the vision that I have for this church, that this would become a training centre. One of our slogans would be training for life, that we will train people not just how to do ministry, but how to do life. And you know that, you know, life, that ministry comes out of your life. Jesus didn't say, I've come to give you ministry and ministry in its abundance. He says, I've come to give you life. And, you know, to sit in that room on Thursday night with 30 young people and, and to be given the opportunity to just say, share some principles and see the Spirit of God move through that place, I thought, man, isn't it going to be fantastic? I believe that we are going to see out of this church, we're going to see couples, singles, we're going to see people going on to different missions trips, we're going to have local missions. I believe we're going to raise up pastors and leaders that, you know, there is a huge hole in our movement right now, a huge, huge hole. There's a huge need for senior pastors, for, for people that have been trained. And, I, and for musicians, for worship leaders, for Ephesians 4.11 gifts. And I believe that God has given us an incredible opportunity to do something that goes way beyond that what we'd even thought and imagined. Are you a little bit excited about what God is going to do? So we thank God. So Charles, I'm going to just get Charles up here just for a moment. And, and again, I want you to give him a big, big hand. As, um, now, we're, we're going to pray, you know, later on as these things just keep unfolding. But the reason I wanted to get him up here today was, you know, it's good for you to hear his heart. Um, when I came here three and a half years ago, uh, we had one young person. I sat down with our eldership and I said, let me employ a youth pastor. It was crazy. Why would you employ someone full time when you've got one young person? doesn't make sense but I said to them I said if if we can have the opportunity to employ a young couple to give pastoral leadership you know youth leadership to our to this community watch what God will do but the great other thing is that we can begin to train this couple to go beyond that and uh, you've seen his growth and as he comes into this role you need to help him He's 30 years old. Some of you might go, well, that's not that young. In some ways it isn't, but he hasn't got all the life experiences that some of you have. And he's a very respectful young man. 
I know that there's still things that he needs to learn. You know, his kids are still in that commander stage. Wait till they come into the, you know, the uh, counselling stage. He'll need more counselling than they need. But it's part of his growth. And, um, you know, we're going to be here to support and champion uh, who they are as a couple. And you know what? They won't be the only couple that I believe will raise up and we will send out. So, Charles, over to you. Give him another big hand. Thank you. Um, when, when Pastor Nick first uh, brought this up to me, um, was sitting, actually took me out to a cafe, and uh, my first uh, port of call was, you need to make sure you're not going anywhere. And for me, I'm fully aware of my age and my experience, and I'm completely humbled by the opportunity to lead. And um, the win for me uh, is very simple. Uh, I get an opportunity to lead, but I have the covering of a great leader and I have another great leader to come alongside me. So I get the opportunity to lead with covering. And um, you guys have to understand, Pastor Nick is not going anywhere. He will still be here. Um, But his heart is to see young people developed. So in me uh, coming into this position, as much as it's an opportunity to help lead you, it's also an opportunity for me to develop because I've still got a long way to go. But what's awesome is we're a family and that we'll work together. I pray that you'll give me grace um, as I learn and as I, I develop. I'm still, uh, this is something I haven't done before, but but I also believe that God has put a mantle on my life. I, I, I believe that God's called me to be a leader. So I wouldn't have accepted this if I didn't feel that it was within my capacity. I believe it's still something I have to grow into, but I believe that I can. And I believe that we can continue to grow as a family. Um, so I thank you for uh, um, applauding when it was announced. It could have been very awkward for me if it was silent. And Charles is a campus pastor. <sighs> but it wasn't like that, which is awesome. So thank you. I know that you guys believe in me, but I know that God has great plans for this place and we're a part of it together. Um, So let's continue to pray. I I ask that you would pray for Pastor Nick um, because he believes in this house. And I know that, that multiple campuses aren't beyond his capacity but it is up to us as the church to to continue to take opportunities to develop, to continue to take opportunities to serve and take opportunities to reach out to community because Pastor Nick brings the vision and we now get to give it hands and feet together. But if we don't take it on ourselves individually, not just me, we'll go inward. And my desire is to have a church that reaches this community, that reaches people in your workplace, that sees them saved out there and brought into to this place to be trained and developed for life. You know, Pastor Nick says that it's training for life. But what I like about the slogan over the years is that it's training you to life, but it's also that training that goes lifelong, training for life. We're never going to stop growing together. We're never going to stop learning together. And that includes me as well. So thank you. Pray for me. Pray for us. And let's see the Kingdom of God grow together. Fantastic. So, Greg, I'm going to get you to come up and just tell us a little bit about your story. And um, what, what I just feel so thrilled that, um, you know, you're, you're coming on staff. It's been a real desire in my heart to see uh, God develop this place. 
And, uh, you know, it's just going to be a great opportunity to nurture. If I'm not here, Greg will be here. If Greg's not here, I'll be here and just supporting Charles and everything that uh, God wants to do here. So I, I, I think God has just, his strategy and structure and his plan is always great for our growth. Thanks, Greg. Well, I can say that our church is in a season of growth and harvest is coming. That's really what's happening. I mean, what happened on Friday night with um, 65 young people finding Jesus for the first time is actually part of what God's doing with us as a local body. And we're all involved. You may not have been here Friday night, but we're all involved because we are one body with the head of Jesus Christ over us. And so it's, it, I'm such um, really honoured and thrilled to be part of what's going to be happening over this sort of new season and shift with Uni Hill Church and Victory Church. I, I certainly can see this actual facility full of people being trained. I can see this place being packed, running different courses, um, giving people life skills and a whole range of different things, ministry-related, life-related, parenting, marriage. We're really going to do some things plus what we do in serving the world around us, where God has given us gifts and skills, which is you and me, to actually go and make a difference around the globe. And so we are really, really excited. Sue and I are very excited. She's so excited she's seated because she can't stand on her foot. Um, but uh, we've had a long conversation. And in fact, the story that Nick said where uh, he was chatting to us during the national conference, it was only two weeks prior um, Sue and I were having a, a discussion about our future and I said to her that um, certainly Alpha is a great uh, fit for me personally but it just doesn't have a lot of that teaching and mission component which are the two things that really fire me up and get me up in the morning is actually doing some Bible teaching and helping other people grow in the way that they can um, take in and digest the Word of God and then live it out. And then also to actually go across culture, whether that's locally or globally, and actually serve Jesus by helping other people. And so um, it, was, it was certainly a God-timing thing that two weeks later we had that conversation with Nick. So, look, we, we don't know how it's going to work out. Um, I don't officially come on the team until the 23rd of August, uh, which is a Tuesday. Um, and Sue and I are actually going away for a few weeks. Um, my last week at Alpha is this week. Um, Alpha were absolutely shocked. They had no idea. Um, but they're going to find somebody and we're praying for them. Alpha's a great ministry. Uh, we're actually facilitating Alpha at our church and that will continue to grow. Um, I am an Alphaholic and my name's Greg. Um, every church should do Alpha every single term because people want to have a spiritual conversation. We often think that the people who are not Christians are not interested, but they are but they're not going to come into a church service on a Sunday morning. They have no idea what we do, why we do it. And they're, they're as afraid to come in our doors as we are to go in and ask them to come in. And so Alpha's just a great fit to say, look, we're just going to have an open conversation, no criticism, you won't be corrected. What do you think is the meaning to life? And that's what Alpha is. So we're going to do all that sort of stuff. Now, look, just before we finish our service, we're going to come around our missions giving. Um, so if you're part of our local congregation, we really encourage you to prepare your giving right now towards our missionaries. We're very excited in, um, I think it's about three weeks, I think it's the 21st of August, Sunday the 21st, we have um, Matt and Kimbra Smith and their children coming to be with us at church. Um, they're serving in the nation of Cambodia 